have to have every conversation on video. Because we're making a documentary. Not about us getting lost. We're making a documentary about a witch. I don't. Lost? Admit that first. No, I know we're not lost. They're all over the place. How do we know it was people? Well, even if it wasn't, I'm not going to play with that either. And it's all because of me that we're here now. (laughs) Hungry. And cold. And hunted. Just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. Tell me where you are, Josh! Hello, I'm Karen Valley. Welcome to New Favorite Movie, the podcast where I put my movie knowledge to the test. Every week I invite a guest on to talk about their favorite movie, and based on what they pick, I recommend something that they've never seen. In the end, we see if my recommendation was successful. This week, I'm happy to have Kunga Sagers back on the show. Kunga, how's it going? Oh my God, Kieran, uh, great to see you. So glad to be back. I think that first episode we had was special. So yeah, I'm ready to talk some horror. Well, so <laughs> I was going to say, this is part one of my October horror miniseries. So, you know, thank you for stepping up and watching a couple horror movies for me, uh, especially watching watching before October. I, I don't know if I, you know, ruined your 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 horror plans for the month now. I, I, had, I had you watch these in September. But <laughs> um, the thing I wanted to ask is, are, are horror movies something that you enjoy? Are they something that you seek out? Or is it sort of a, like Halloween's coming up, I'll watch some horror movies and then I'll wait again until next year? I think with me, it's like, I'm usually like, okay, with all movies, I'm like, let's get the essentials out of the way. So, okay, let the horror genre, oh, The Exorcist is considered the greatest, The Shining, Rosemary's Baby. Okay, let me knock those all out. And if I like some of those, maybe I'll check out stuff by the same director or stuff that's similar to that. So, um, yeah, I mean, horror is not a go-to for me because uh, I'm a bit of a scaredy cat, but uh you know, if it's a good one, of course I'll check it out. And yeah, I think I, I get what really gets me scared is, is, is if I'm watching it alone at night, that just for some reason gets me so terrified. I just, I can't explain it, but um, obviously it has to be a good movie. <laughs> so my, my next question, I'm so glad that you said that. Cause my next question was, do you still get scared by horror movies? Which <laughs> you've answered you, you, yes, you do. So now I kind of want to know, like, is there a is there a type of horror movie that that gets you more than most or is it just sort of across the board well i'm glad you asked that because for some reason found footage scares the crap out of me i don't know what it is um okay quick story when i was like in fourth grade or fifth grade my friend and his older brother were like okay we're going to blockbuster remember blockbuster yeah went there and we rented Paranormal Entity, which is a, I guess, a ripoff of Activity or like, oh, you know, okay. like a bootleg. Yeah, yeah. It was like yeah, a bootleg. Yeah, yeah. Like a straight to DVD version. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. Like one of those like, oh, let's 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 cash in on um, the franchise. And I'm sure if I watched it now, I would think it's ridiculous. But I was pretty scared, man. And for some reason, we decided to camp out that night, too, when the movie was over. So we like we slept in his backyard in a tent, which is like so stupid. Um, So ever since then, like any of those paranormal movies and like just stuff like that just creeps me out. So, yeah. Can you remember the first horror movie that you saw? Oh, man. 
Okay, so I can't remember the very first one, but I remember one that has scarred me. <laughs> That's just, just as good. Just as good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's one that I was like so upset by that I told my aunt and uncle, like, why did we rent this? Like, this is such a stupid movie. Like, the ending makes no sense. Like, I was just like, I was basically mad that I was so scared, basically. It was Final Destination 3. <laughs> and I think it was I think it might have been when it came out 2007 I think or one of those years and dude that that shit was scary bro that was like I, I don't know certain of some of those like death scenes like are still in my head I'm like oh man and so like obviously if that one scared you you hadn't yet seen the first couple Final Destination movies no like you you just immediately went into three dude I don't think I've seen one or two yet I, I I think I've only seen three. I think I need to see the whole series. I think that's a new, that's my next franchise. <laughs> it is one of those franchises where I, I think if I seriously went back and rewatched the movies, I would say to myself, oh, like I actually have seen these. I just have no memory of seeing them whatsoever. Yeah. But it, I think it is one of those franchises that's like, it's tried to get too clever from what, like from uh... what I hear, it's tried to get too clever over the years that it's actually become clever like you know what I mean like they've they've accidentally become clever again yeah um so it might be a good one to to like check out and do a bit of a marathon on oh for sure I, I don't know I'm that that though obviously that series like leans more on camp I guess um but I don't know I think they do a really good job with those death scenes because like the whole concept of like not knowing when a death will happen and it's like oh this is just fate it's kind of cool. I think that's yeah, unpredictable. But it's a, like the I just remember the first one especially came out at sort of the time like the peak time of the like the teen slashers. Yeah. And that's just like a it's an interesting take on the teen slasher where it's like all these kids are still dying in gruesome ways, but it's right. not from a supernatural or I guess it is a supernatural entity, but it's not just some masked killer like yeah. it is death itself. So, you know, it's it's an interesting take. It is an interesting take. By the way, you say super. Speaking of supernatural, do you, do you remember the show Supernatural? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I re- I remember as a kid, like my aunt, because she's a big horror fan. She was watching an episode, and like I guess the episode opens with a guy hanging or something like that. Like it was just a, it was a, it was like at night, and he was on the road, and he was hanging from a tree or something. I don't know what it. I can't remember. I just remember being like, oh god, I need to change the channel. Like this is too much but yeah i don't know i mean i haven't been scared in a while but the last film to scare me was the one i picked today so that that's a big reason i wanted to pick this one so well so we can get into it you you sort of already led a little bit by saying that the found footage thing does get you really really scared and so you know two two guesses for everybody listening what movie we're probably going to talk about here but if you would like to introduce the movie and, and give everyone a brief plot description uh, yeah. Go go ahead there. Of course. Um, well, I'm sure many of you guys have heard of the Blair Witch Project, which is my pick, uh, a 1999 horror film uh, directed by a duo. Let me get their names right: Daniel Merrick and Eduardo Sanchez. Um, it was a phenomenon for its time. 1999 in general was a simpler time. This was pre-iPhone, pre internet was just born. I was an infant and uh, things were just different in 99. 
And I think it was a lot easier to buy into a movie like this and the marketing campaign of like making it seem like it was real made it played a big factor into this. But like 20 plus years later, I, I think it's really holds up and it's fresh and it's got it. I, even on second watch, I was like, man, this is I know it's coming and I'm just dreading it now. But it's a really effective found footage movie. It's like the godfather of found footage movies. I mean, people say Cannibal Holocaust was like the first one, but like, yeah, this is, I feel like this is the one that really popularized it. And um, yeah, man, it's some scary shit. <laughs> I definitely agree that it, this is the movie where it sort of turned like mm. found footage all of a sudden became a thing that you could do. Yeah and do cheaply and make tons of money on you know if you do it well and yeah. uh, like cannibal holocaust is one of those movies that um i know that this is taking some inspiration from but i've actually never gone back i've never gone back and watched cannibal holocaust yeah um so i can't really speak to it but the the first time with the blair witch project though can you remember sort of how old were you? Where were you the first time that you watched it? I believe it was, let me, actually, I have it. I have a date right here. It was two years ago. Uh, I wrote a review for it back in November, 2020. So we were still very much in pandemic hive and which we kind of are in still. Um, and I was alone at night and I saw it on my watch list on Hulu. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just give this a shot. Let's, you know, I've heard so much hype about this. Like, how scary could this be? You know, I was kind of going into like, I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to appreciate the filmmaking for what it is and for its time. But I just got sucked into it, man. And I, by the end, like I had to text a couple friends. Like I texted my aunt. I was like, yo i'm I'm kind of freaked out right now like i'm kind of afraid to like just go into my bedroom like this is this is kind of scary but yeah that was the first time so i was 21 i was 21 and so was it like immediately sort of jumped to the scariest movie you'd ever seen um it's certainly up there i i think number one still has to be the exorcist for me because i saw it at night um it was a movie night with me and my mom or my godmom excuse me and um Oh, it shook me to my core, man. I had I had to sleep on my back seeing that one. So I feel like that needs to be number one. The Shining is also up there. I saw that in theaters and that was also scary as hell. But yeah, it's up there. It's in the Pantheon. So I'm interested now because you came to the Blair Witch sort of like quote unquote so late, uh, like mm -hmm. 20 years after the movie came out. Like had you'd obviously seen that you said, paranormal entity which is like the spoof version but had you seen like the <laughs> yeah. paranormal activities had you seen other found footage movies before the Blair Witch oh yeah I I think I'm pretty sure I've seen I've definitely seen the first paranormal activity I remember when it came out everybody was talking about it it was like a big deal that movie um so I remember being scared by that like anytime like the blanket would fly across the room or like just things would objects would fly I was like God damn, get me out of here. But um, and I think I saw one of the sequels, which took place in a in a like I think it was like about a Latino family. And it was like took place in like urban LA. Like it was one of those like knockoff sequels, like paranormal activity six, like, and I think it's called the marked ones or something. So I, oh, I've seen those yeah, two. That, yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I might have, I don't know if I got the title right, but I, I remember being pretty shook by that one too. So I've I'm familiar with this style of filmmaking, but to see 
you know, to see the one that sort of started it all, um, you would think it would be like, you know, some people have issues, like they'll watch Citizen Kane and not get the hype because every one of their favorite filmmakers are like, this is the greatest film that has ever been made. <clears throat> and then you watch it and sometimes you might be like, mm, that was cool, you know? Um, but no, Blair Witch, it just, it felt really authentic. And I think the acting is, it's really out of this world. Some of those performances. Yeah. So we'll, we, we'll get to that. Cause I have notes yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on the acting and, and the directing as well, but the sort of the, the, I guess the last thing I, I, before we get into the movie properly, last thing I want to know about is like the, the discourse and the marketing around the movie when it was coming out was such a big reason why a, it was a phenomenon and B people thought it was like horrifically scary. And I think I was maybe just too young to fully understand all of the things around the movie and how that would yeah. add to the experience. But I, I totally remember when the movie came out and my older sister saw it and she, her and her best friend described it to me and my brother and like yeah. they just like walked us they didn't you know we didn't get to see anything they just walked us through the movie and oh, wow. they, they did wow. they, they did do it in the van on the way to a camping trip so that's certainly <laughs> that, that added to the sort of like please stop talking oh, like i'm already yes, scared please don't yeah. please don't but but i'm just i'm interested for you because you came to it so late obviously you knew about all of the marketing beforehand like did did that play into it at all or was it sort of just like you you obviously knew it was a movie you're not going to be duped by any of the marketing that it was based on facts or anything like that and then the movie still scared you yeah I, I think I I think I appreciated it more from that angle like I was like oh they did such a good job with the marketing that people were actually scared so when I went into it knowing it's a movie, I was like, okay, well, let me see, like, what do they do from the filmmaking side of things to make it seem like it's, they just found this footage in somebody's backpack in, a, in an abandoned house. Because that, that was like the story was like, I, I think maybe the, the, the main character's backpack was just left there and they ended up finding that. And like, it, they just, I mean, the way it's shot, that, that's really, I think that's what sucked me in. Um, and uh, the fact that, it's improvised dialogue for like 80 at least 80 percent of it it's like based off like a 35 page outline i don't know it just it it's um they, they did a really good job just making it feel legit but i mean I've, I've been scared by movies that feel like movies so i i it just it did its job i like we can just go straight into it because i probably hadn't seen this movie for 15 years 10 or 15 years and watching it again the other night i was like this is really surprisingly well directed and acted and I, I i don't think people give it enough credit because it is found footage and we've now had 22 23 years of found footage stuff where it's like it's not well acted and it's not well directed but the blair witch totally stands apart from all that yeah i think that's really what sets that's that's ultimately why it scares me is that it, i'm so convinced by uh the, the the actress who plays heather you know the lead and and the um the person who basically pushes the plot forward because she's the one with the map with the plan making the documentary um yeah i was charmed by it and i think 
by being charmed by like the first 20 minutes which are like surprisingly cheerful <laughs> like it's it's kind of a breeze it's kind of fun like i on a rewatch i was like grinning i was like smiling i was like this is this is the blast man these, these guys are gonna go in the woods and they're gonna make stuff happen yeah it was it's it's an experience and i think it's you know nothing beats the first time you watch anything special you know like i'll never be as scared as i was the first time watching this but um, upon rewatch, I, I guess I was just appreci appreciating how assured the direction is and how each sort of found footage moment, like each scene is like, oh, they just picked up a camera and just shot whatever was happening. It wasn't like, oh, let's set the stage like it's it feels discontinued on purpose. And I think that's why it's so so special. Well, I have like the note that I've got for it, like just to, to speak that as well, is that like there are like quote unquote mistakes that yeah. obviously, you know, if, if this was a, a real movie and they were worried about the frame or whatever, they would have captured things in the frame to, to show you stuff. And, mm -hmm. but because this is found footage where these three actors are the ones holding the camera, they've gotten so scared that they forget to do things, yeah. but then that only heightens the horror. And so mm -hmm. like the, the scene that I, that stuck out to me in my head was when they get chased out of the tent oh my God. Um, in yeah. the middle of the night and they're running and they're running and running and Heather turns and screams like, what is that? What is that? Yeah. Like, you can feel how terrified she is because when you do some reading, you know, there was something there. There was, there was yeah. a figure there that the directors had done something to scare them, mm -hmm. but the person running with the camera behind Heather just forgets yeah. to pan over and show you what she's looking at so yeah. in your imagination then you're like this is i don't know what's over there like what is over there and yeah <laughs> it's so scary it's so terrifying yeah. because the actor forgot to show you what it was and mm -hmm. you can just imagine then and that's that's where yeah like i, I it's those like mistakes yeah where, you know i think they all work for the betterment of the movie it was a hap that exact moment, which I love, is like a happy accident where they prepared themselves. Like, they're okay, we're going to think, I think they got one of the cameramen to put a white cloak over them or something. And that yeah. was supposed yeah. to be the quote unquote Blair Witch. That that was the one moment where you see it. And the fact that they couldn't get that on camera because they shot that scene eight times and that was the only usable take. I was doing some research on, I can't even talk because I'm shook by this movie um yeah that's crazy that scene is crazy yeah I, I, what I, the point i wanted to make was is that by reading all this trivia it seems like the directors literally just threw these 20 something year olds into the woods gave them directions and then scared them every couple minutes or like in in segments and you really feel that you know well yeah. that's that's exactly because the first what is the, the movie is what, like 90 minutes long or something like that. I think give or take the first 45 minutes, 50 minutes, like there's not a whole lot of supernatural stuff going on. No. It's mostly just them lost in the woods, mm -hmm. but like their reactions to being lost in the woods. And this is why I say it's really well acted. Like their reactions to being lost in the woods is real. And you can mm -hmm. feel that they are scared that they are walking in circles and you can immediately put yourself into those shoes and be like, yeah, if, if that was, I mean, I'd be terrified too. Like yeah. 
and then and then and then we get to the Blair Witch stuff afterwards, which is just like you know, holy fuck! Like, yeah, now they're so, now they're officially screwed. Like, yeah, they were, they were already screwed. Like this was a lost cause from the moment that they that I think believe Mike destroys the map. I believe yeah, that was kick, that was kick, a huge kicks thing. it in the creek, kicks it in the creek, kicks it like, in the creek, which is like. You know, if I was in Mike's position, maybe I would be annoyed by Heather, too, and her insistence upon making this documentary. But I would never throw away the only, like, form of GPS back then to get me out of this hellhole, you know? Like, oh, my God. Yeah, that was that was a, a moment where the audience was like, oh, yeah, no, th- th- there's no way out of this. Is, this is it. There's, they're not getting out of here. Um but yeah, I think the the scariest parts are when I think one of the scariest parts in the movie is when they end up right back at the river. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, it was the same log. I mean, that is that's like up there with like, uh, well, I don't know if it's quite as good, but like the moment that Wendy discovers that Jack's just been writing the same thing, yeah, yeah. for months. There's no, it's not a jump scare or anything like that. It's just the fact that like this is his work. This is what you've been watching. Like, yeah. It's one of those moments where I was like, oh, God, I'm really creeped out right now. <laughs> well, I think the uh, you bring up Heather and being the sort of obsessive filmmaker. And that is one of the elements of a found footage movie that when I watch them, I always say to myself, like, just turn the camera off and run away. Yeah. You know what I mean, like every single time I sort of bump up against that. But in the Blair Witch Project, because she is making a documentary about the Blair Witch and she's a student filmmaker and this yeah. is, you know, her, her end of year project or whatever like that. I totally buy that she would want to capture all of this stuff on camera. And yeah. it's the two other guys in the movie are sort of like, stop filming, please stop filming. Like, can <laughs> we go? Can we go? Yeah. And she keeps filming. And I, I totally buy that she would be like I need to capture it all because in her head she's probably like, yeah, we will get out eventually, and then yeah, I'm gonna have all this awesome footage. So like I told I it, like for me that that was one of those elements where it's sort of like, can they justify Heather filming all of the time? And I, yeah. I think they do. I think they managed to too. I was like, okay, is this gonna be the one flaw of the movie upon a rewatch where I'm just like, oh, this character is completely unreasonable and and all that, but if you think about it, like her reasons are clear and you feel like, you know what, if I'm making a movie, I want to go all out. So part of like the filmmaker side of someone, the artist side of someone would be like, I, I get Heather's, I get where she's coming from. I know why she's doing all these things. Um, and, you know, often when you're, when you're in the, in the heat of something, you're thinking it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. I just need to get through this moment of hurricane and there's light. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Like that's probably her mentality the whole time. She has to be the one to keep the, the band together and she does her best, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't quite work out. Yeah. I, I, I do like though, that we get to see some of the documentary before sort of shit hits the fan as well, yeah. because then again, like me sitting at home, I can sort of be like, Oh, like, she was doing a good job. Like the, the documentary is compelling enough. Like, I think if I was in those shoes, I would keep filming as well because you'd say to yourself, like, it's only getting better. Yeah. But you know, like if, if we just immediately jumped to them in the woods, I don't think it would work as well. So having the 10 or 15 minutes at the beginning of her interviewing yeah. the townspeople talking about, 
who the Blair Witch is, reading the books, all that sort of stuff. I'm like, yeah, that all works. That's all great. That all adds to everything that's going on. I think the reason why it works is because as the film goes along, the documentary becomes less a documentary and more like a journal log yes. of like their survival. Yeah. Okay, this is day five of us being lost and we're doing this now. Um, Mike's mad and um, I forgot the other character's name who ends up disappearing. Jo- Josh. Josh. Josh, yes. Yeah. Josh disappears. Like, it, or no, Josh has started to, to go mad. You know, all these things, it, it becomes like, let's document all this. So if we do make it out of here, we have a hell of a story to tell. So I think that's why that works. Um, but you're right. The first 20 minutes are really cool because like you can you can see how like she really planned this out in the documentary. Like it seems legit. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you brought up Josh disappearing because again, oh god, like, for me that's just another moment of the the two guys who directed the movie. Like it's just a brilliant move because apparently in the script it was supposed to be Mike, but then they, yeah. they realized they noticed with all the footage that they were seeing eventually that Mike and Heather weren't getting along that that well. Josh and Heather weren't getting along that well either, but. Mike and her seemed to be more antagonistic and so they just changed up the plan and they said okay we're taking Josh and so like you can feel the sort of real terror of Heather and Mike who probably again like they went in with you know a pretty bare bones outline of what's going to happen and where do they need to be at the end of every day and you know all that sort of stuff yeah and then all of a sudden halfway through the the plan has changed and you're just like you know, you, you're you're out in the woods for a week. You're being fed less and less food. You know, you're you're on each other's nerves all the time. Like, uh, it it really comes across in the movie. Yeah, and if I can draw a comparison to another classic horror, it's the it's the uh, it's the Quint move, like Quint dying in Jaws. You know, he gets killed off, and he's supposed to be the guy with the plan, right? Um, it's just the move of like we have three characters and we're going to dispose of one of them because we want to get a point across and also just get you to that impending doom quicker and when you eliminate somebody in an already really small crew you're just like i mean where do we go from here so yeah it's it's crazy do you have any other sort of scary moments scariest moments before we get to the house just with them out in the woods yeah, I mean, the one that was stuck in my head before rewatching the movie was the children playing, the, the the sounds of the children laughing. The fact that it's not children screaming yeah, or children in terror, but children gleefully enjoying their day. Somehow, like, when you juxtapose that with them being stranded, you're like, okay, where is that sound coming it's from? It's so much worse. Yeah. yeah. It's so much worse. And it's like, you know, they, they, they keep trying to assure themselves that maybe it's just town folk, you know, like one guy was like, oh, it could, couldn't have been, no redneck could have done this. Like in what point in the movie when they see the, the Blair Witch's works, like the, the little tree oh, yeah. people, yeah. you know, like the creativity behind all these little incidents that happen, um, is pretty absurd and insane and yeah I, I, I mean i kept trying to think to myself like how could the witch do that like would she just get like are these children just like you start to theorize like are these children ghosts or like what is this what is happening all the uncertainty i think really uh 
just makes it more scary. Well, see, you talked about found footage being like your, like the genre that gets you the most, that gets you the, the scared the most. And for, for me, like everyone who kind of knows me and knows about my love of horror movies knows that like little kid ghosts oh. and then specifically little girl ghosts yeah. is like the no go zone. <laughs> like oh yeah. I don't, I don't want anything oh. to do with it. <laughs> Something about kids in peril in horror movies. And then like, like I haven't seen the, the omen yet. Cause like just the poster alone terrifies me. And I know it's going to be great. I look forward to watching it, but like, yeah, like just the idea of a kid going evil is just some creepy shit. Yeah. That's it's, it's one of the reasons why the shining is still like my number one top, top choice. Cause every time the kids are on screen, I'm like, God, damn, it's, this Oh, it's gets me right to my core, it's right the, to my core. I mean, I've seen that scene. You're talking about the twins. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, we, that's one of the most like, I, I guess I've seen it so many times that I'm like, oh, the twins are here again. But the first time you see it, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Please, right away, Danny. Like, don't. Oh, God. Yeah. So the, the kids laughing is one. But the bundle of sticks at the end is also kind of stuck in my head right now of, of Josh, I guess. Josh's remains. That was pretty creepy, too. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, for, for me, it's, it's all the sort of like disembodied voices that you like. Because you you know that feeling again. This is I. This is why I enjoy this movie so much. Because they play with like real fear and real terror. Like you know yourself when you're out and about, or even when you're in your house, and you just hear a noise that yeah. just that you know that little bit unnatural for wherever you're supposed to be, and you're just like it just chills, immediate chills. And yeah, the all the voices that they know that they can hear and yet don't make any sense to where they are in the woods you're just like god damn it like get me out of here right away sound sound is everything in this movie like yeah. it's really there's no score you know they're doing they're doing no country for old men before that movie came out like it's like there, yeah no score no like you know whenever there's a jump scare in a movie like the music goes really high or something like like psycho yeah, And there's none of that. It's just like, oh, we found some sticks on the floor. And like, it's all just sort of like, we happen to find things and we happen to hear something. Like, I think that's what makes it so scary. And you're right. Like that feeling when you're with somebody and you have to turn around to them and be like, did you hear that? Like, yes. Are you, did yeah. you hear the same sound I heard? Like, yeah, that's, that's basically this whole movie. We can get to the ending now because all I have in my notes is like the house exclamation mark like i couldn't even write anything so if you just want to talk about once we get into the house like my god this movie finds yet like another gear of of terror i think it, before we even get into the house i think we're already at a point where like yeah this movie can't get any scarier and i'm just waiting for these guys to be dead like i, I can't like bear to see these guys in desperation anymore and then you get to the house and you're like, oh, is this the final boss showdown? Like, are we going to get the witch trying to, like, kill them? Like, are we going to see that? And the fact that we don't see that both frustrates me and terrifies me even more. Because now you're just left to imagine what even happened in that house. Like, yeah, you know, it's that, that got to be one of the creepiest sets ever that they just happen to find. Yeah. I, I just love, like, and again, it, it's the sounds of it all but like i love that you can hear the other person's audio yeah like you can hear heather's audio on mike's camera and you can hear mike 
on Heather's camera. And it's just that, that like otherworldly or it's like, you know, it's just a little bit unnatural to sort of hear Heather screaming yeah. from upstairs when on Mike's camera, when we know we're with Mike mm-hmm. in the basement and you can hear Heather screaming. You're just like, oh my God. So she's, like, she's, she's running on? right into the, the, the pit. Like it's, that's it. That's yeah. It. And I, I, one of the creepiest scenes is when, I guess when Mike gets, uh, gets hit with something or he just falls down and the camera falls down with him, but you still hear Heather shrieking yes. at the top of her lungs. You're like, okay, well, if I was there, like, but that's the sad part is that she didn't hear Mike get killed or get, uh, or get possessed or anything like that. She just is looking for Mike. And um, yeah, no, I mean, the final shot is iconic and I, I'm sure it's been parodied enough. And like, I, I crack jokes with friends. Like anytime it's like a dude's taking a piss in the woods or something like, oh, he's in the Blair Witch pose, you know, but the first time you see it, um, yeah, I, 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 I looked away. Like I, I just literally, I wanted to look away from the movie because I'm like, yeah, this is, this is overwhelming. <laughs> well, I, and again, like I, because it had been so long since I'd seen this movie, and I've probably only seen it maybe once or twice before uh, yeah. a couple days ago. Yeah. But like I'd completely forgotten that in the opening bit when they're interviewing people on the street in the town, somebody does tell them, one of the people does tell them, like, oh, the, the myth or the story is that yeah. she would get, she, the witch would get one child and then make them stand in a corner and get the second child while they're distracted by that and so like you're like god damn it like you know it's all right there but like oh yeah it still works and then it's just like a hard cut to black heather goes down and and that's it and it's like okay movie's over (laughs) yeah and i'm so glad they did that yeah because part of the genius of the movie is like you gave these kids a camera and they're filming themselves and there's not a hint of like i mean the director's their handprints are all over the movie, but like, there's not a hint of like, okay, let's cut to a scene or let's, let's fade to black. No, it's just like, okay, if the camera's on the floor, yeah, that's all the footage we have. That's, these guys are gone. Like that the movie over. Well, and, that, uh, yeah, that, that, that was the other thing. It's like, we get a couple title cards at the beginning being like, you know, three kids went into the woods and this is the footage that we found a year later. But normally you would get something at the end of the movie, maybe a little like, you know, they were never seen again or something yeah. like that. And it just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it would deflate the tension. Um, yeah. Whereas with this, it's just like hard cut black and then credits. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm just going to sit in this feeling. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's, and then I, when I look at the written and directed by these guys, I'm just like, that that's you coming back to reality and being like, okay, this is over. But um, I think it's brilliant that there isn't any opening credits. And it's just like, we found this footage and we put this together and like they're, they're giving backstory and that's it. And like you said, yeah, it's, um, it's really effective. Yeah. Well, do, do you have any last things that you want to say about the Blair Witch Project? I, I have one more thing that I want to pose to you, but yeah, uh, I, I'll give you a, a chance here if you have any last things to say. Um. I all I'll say is I guess I'm I hope to well I don't know about hope but I I guess I fittingly I dread the day that I watch a new horror movie that scares me as much as Blair Witch did because Blair Witch is the last film that I saw that actually shook me and uh 
I actually, you know what? No, I'm looking forward to it. Let's see. Let's see if they can match that. I think Blair Witch is a classic, and uh, yeah, I'm so glad that we did this because, like, yeah, it really holds up for because there's some '99 releases that really feel like '99 in a way that it's dated. And while this does, I mean, this is inherently 1999. I think it's part of its charm, and um, yeah, I think it, it actually works in its favor rather than against. Them. So yeah, the best. The last thing I, I wanted to ask you was, do you know about this theory that there is no Blair Witch and that the whole movie was a setup for Josh and Mike to murder Heather? Whoa, <laughs> that well, I didn't hear about that. Okay, so wow. So like I I don't <laughs> I don't want to make you go back and rewatch the movie again so no, quickly. No, but no. I did I did come across this theory online after I watched the movie. Yeah. And basically the whole idea is that jo- like one of the parts of the marketing if people can't remember or don't know was that Heather was journaling. She has a journal, she has a diary that she writes and they right. find the diary and yeah. so they posted that online. And there are lots of diary entries in there about the fact that her and Josh were either really good friends or like ex-boyfriend girlfriend and you know there's something going on there and the movie then plays out and everything that happens in the movie if if uh, the theory is pretty good like it's pretty tight i they're never going to come out and confirm or deny it but yeah everything that happens in the movie is josh and mike getting Heather deeper and deeper and deeper into the woods and getting her lost. And, you know, they get rid of the map and they get rid of the compass. And then all these things start accumulating and they get her her into that house. And Josh who has disappeared is the one that kills her in the house with, with the help of Mike. And I was reading the theory and I was like, God, yeah, it's pretty good theory. Like, I don't know, but it's pretty good. It is pretty good. And I think that theory, like if if that actually was the the quote unquote plan, that's much more real world. And in, in, in like because let's think like think about this for a second. Like we I feel like I have best friends who would maybe pose this to me. Like, let's go shoot something in the woods. And I would say no to them to their face. My best friends. And I'd be like, no, I, I love you, but I can't do this these guys hate Heather and they agreed to do this movie. Like it's clear that there's tension even like 30 minutes in or 40 minutes in where it's like, Oh, she knows it all. She has the map. Like there's always, there's all these kind of like minor sort of like uh, passive aggressive moments. And it all builds up to just them literally insulting each other, screaming at each other. Like we're lost. We're fucked. This is all your fault. And um, I mean, I mean, it would that it means that Josh and Mike are complete psychos, which I don't quite feel like. Watch, I don't. They don't feel like psychos to me. They feel like just dudes that are frustrated and scared. But I like that theory. I think that's a really cool theory. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed reading it. It was it was pretty good, and they had they obviously yeah. had a lot of examples about like, especially the map. The map was the big thing where yeah heather heather has the map like you were saying she's got the map the whole time she knows where she's going and then Mm -hmm. she gives it to i think it's josh and within hours of her giving it to josh the the map is gone and they've lost the map and josh says he gave it back heather says 
she doesn't remember him giving it back, but maybe he did. And like the map is just gone. And then you find out that Mike kicked it into a creek. And so you're like, well, how the hell did Mike get the map? And so it was that, planned. <laughs> that, that's like the crux. That's the crux of this yeah. theory is, is really the map. And it was a good read. It was a good read. But, you know, I, I, I kind of enjoy the, the, the Blair Witch of it all. I enjoy the supernatural element. So, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to keep that around. Uh, yeah, I like to think that, no, it's just the witch preying upon these guys turning on each other and them just like just naturally trying to survive being lost in the woods the witch just takes advantage of that but i i like i dig that theory too because it's like i mean we we talked about this like throwing the map away is just the dumbest thing you could do even if i hated the person like i loathe the person with the map i still wouldn't throw away the map like so it, it it makes sense i think it all adds up i think either theory works yeah we can uh we can move on because the movie that i gave you also features just a boneheaded map move really when we, oh, yeah. when we get when we get down to it but yeah the uh the movie that i gave you was the descent mm -hmm. and it's not a found footage movie but no. um i can i can explain when once we get into it i can explain sort of what my thinking was uh and so we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we'll talk about the descent cool sure we're going the right way i've never been lost in my life <laughs> there's only one way out of this chamber and that's down the pipe i'm stuck i can't breathe okay sarah you have to calm down i'm coming i'm coming back okay 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 move now All right, we're back. We have watched The Descent. And yes. so, Kunga, the first thing I'm going to get you to do is just a brief plot description. Okay, The Descent is about a woman uh, recovering from a very uh, traumatic, uh, tra tragic moment in her life. And uh, her and her group of friends uh, decide to go, uh, they go on a caving expedition. <laughs> expedition um and uh and they think it's gonna be a great girls trip and they're gonna have a great time and adventure and and it would be really good for their for their spirits and all hell breaks loose very shortly after that and uh it's it's very 2000s and it's very um gory and uh it's a good time it is a good time yeah well so i was gonna say like did, did you enjoy the descent um for the most part i i didn't love it um and i i found myself a little bored for some reason as this and i thought that the second half would get me in more but i think i was more into the first like 30 minutes to be honest but that said i think i i obviously i made it to the end and i enjoyed appreciated at least some of the crazy scenes and uh i'm glad i saw it i am glad i saw it i think it's a really cool like product of the 2000s mid mid 2000s so I, I think I can, I could probably identify what did and didn't work for you, but I, I yeah. like, can you explain what did and didn't work for you? I think what worked for me was that opening scene, setting the tone and uh, the sort of like group of people bonding, camping, and, and then driving out to do this thing, this mission. 
I think all of that, the premise that thing is really cool. And I actually think um, them getting frustrated at each other in the cave and just the natural, just claustrophobia that this movie ha- just has, uh, I think that all really works and it's really uh, unsettling. And I guess what doesn't work for me, I mean, I think the very first jump scare with the creature uh, is horrifying. Uh, it comes out of left field. I think they really set it up right. And I'm just, I'm like, oh, okay, he's here. Okay, Predator's here. Uh, ladies, let's run for our lives. And I guess I lose, for some reason, The I guess the more he shows up and the more blood and guts and all of that for some reason i tuned out this this viewing i don't think i don't think any of the movie was quote-unquote bad i think it just was less interesting that's all it was i think i was just less invested i think i can totally understand because the the second half of the movie definitely becomes like a like a monster movie and yeah. so you know what I mean? you you know you're now gonna get um i think it's like almost exactly perfectly at the halfway point where the movie shifts from being this like claustrophobic, like you're saying, mm. thriller about the these group of people stuck in a cave, yeah, um, and and lost in a cave and all that sort of stuff. And then at the almost at the exact halfway point, we get a, a glimpse of this creature living in the cave, and from this the, that second half of the movie then is just them surviving against these monsters, and so you you know the beats you're gonna get like there's six characters they do that so that they can kill some of them we know some of them aren't coming out alive yeah um yeah. but you can also kind of maybe look at you know okay i think they're gonna survive and i think they're you know what i mean and yeah. so I, I i i totally understand why the first half would work and the second half for you didn't work but mm-hmm. yeah i think um i was like going along the lines of real life situations and the, and the horror that can happen in real life the, like they, they just go on a caving expedition and they get lost and like that is terrifying <laughs> so as somebody who like doesn't like tight spaces that would <laughs> yeah. be i i would just be like well just kill me now like i, I don't know <laughs> yeah i mean i love that it's like you know, because because they're literally in a cave and the only light is like their is it helmet or so they have flashlights yeah, yeah and, then, it's and like, then like a headlamp yes they have the headlamp and that's the only lighting that this movie has it the camera is in a dark space and I, that's the part that i thought was cool is that it was just there's there's no moment to breathe it's just like the score settles down there's like no score for a little bit you just hear water and it's and you just hear these 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 girls just trying to make it out of there and yeah, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting film because I think it does feel like two different movies put together and not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's just that was what they were going for. It's like, okay, we're going to shift to this. And um, yeah, it, it is interesting. That's a the the writer director of the movie, Neil Marshall. That's very much like his style. So the first time I think I saw this movie, I had seen a couple of his other movies before this. And people will people will know like he's directed a lot of game of thrones episodes and they always tend to be oh cool like the bloodiest and the the that sort of like he just loves that sort of special yeah. effects of like i'm just gonna have blood splatter everywhere and limbs are yeah. gonna be hacked off and people are gonna eat into each other's stomachs and it's like that's just his yeah. style so once it turned i was sort of like okay like he's just in his element yeah. now but yeah. but i i do agree with you that like that first half is so strong and so interesting 
because it is just these six women stuck in a cave and the natural tensions and the natural horrors and and things like that and yeah all the stuff about the the negative space because everything is so dark and there's no light and you cannot see what's Mm -hmm. in front of you and yeah i i i i do agree it might lose its way a little bit in the second half yeah i mean it could just be a mood thing i feel like sometimes we watch things and we don't it it kind of flies over us the first time we watch it or something like that but just this first viewing i guess it did lose me but now i'm kind of interested to know what episodes marshall directed of game of thrones because yes it does it feels like a red wedding moment when the the first creature comes in you know it's like holy fuck where did that that came totally out of left field um and yeah i think he plays into that very much so and i like that the second half is completely different yeah uh so he i've looked it up now and so he did blackwater which is like the big the big battle i think season two or something like that season two yeah yeah. it's it's yeah and then the watchers on the wall oh awesome which is that's the battle of the night's watch yeah it's like he does the big battle stuff that's that's his thing yeah Oh, that's, that's so cool because those I think those are two amazing episodes. Um, yeah, that's Stannis trying to invade King's Landing, and then the other one is Jon Snow fighting off. Yeah, yeah. So that's he's into that, and I think it's very clear here. I think he is really good with action. Um, I'm not sure why I wasn't quite as invested with it, but I mean, it is well done, I, I, and I I like the blood and gore. The death scenes are I think kind of spectacular from like that from a cinematic point of view. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I'm kind of bummed that I didn't like it more. <laughs> but it's yeah. We we can we can focus on the parts that you did like. And so yeah, yeah. You did yeah. you highlighted the opening sort of scene or sequence. And so like what what did you make of it? Did did you see any of it come in or or was it a complete shock to you? Complete shock to me. I mean, accident car accidents are a big trope in a lot of movies. And I feel like I've seen a movie where it opens with a car crash and it's not coming to mind what the name of it is, but that's been done before. But I I thought the movie was about to be about this family that gets trapped or something like that. And then they're like, no, 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 it's it's about this traumatized woman and we're going to throw her into an even more traumatizing situation. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. And I was I was on board after that. Yeah, (laughs) I love that there's like enough. Um, and like, you might've picked up on it. I I've seen this movie now a few times. And so I, I see it, but there's like enough nods to things that will pay off in an hour and a half in that opening scene. It's like, there's mm. the stuff with the husband and the, the, the other woman and, and things like that, where you're just like, uh, is something going on there? Like, it looks like something might be going on there, but they don't really do or say anything. And then, you know, an hour yeah. later, you find out like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, they were fully having an affair and that's what's going on. Oh, yeah, I I picked up on that too. I was, I guess at that point in the movie, I was so just like invested in, I guess, the monster part where I kind of forgot about that. So correct me if I'm wrong. So her husband was having an affair? With, with Juno. The, the woman who like set up oh the who set up oh, the, the cave expedition because yeah, yeah, yeah. the the big thing is that Juno has a like necklace or a pendant that she wears and on the back yeah. of that is his saying which is that love every day which 
uh, Sarah, who's the our main character, she quotes once or twice yeah. in the movie. And, and it's sort of like, you know, that's what, yeah. I can't remember the husband's name, but she's like, that's what, he always used to say that. He always used to say that. And then you find out that Juno has a necklace with the exact same saying on it. You're like, mm. oh, okay, something was going on there. And there's there was a, a betrayal. And, so, and then oh, that no. plays into, yeah. you know, we're, we are spoiling everything. Yeah. So we're going right to the end. That plays into why Sarah, um, like kneecaps her with the with the axe at the end of the movie is because she's pissed off that yeah. she was having an affair that moment that moment was crazy i was like oh we're going there with it you know like because like some movies often have like two characters that may get out of there you know like it's the comedic relief and then the main guys like okay, these guys will make it out like like the thing you know like not to spoil the thing but you guys should have seen it by now like Kurt Russell and Keith David, like they make it out. Well, I mean, they're probably well, gonna well, die, so but like they're do they make least, it out? Do you yeah. do you believe they make it out okay. momentarily for like those couple minutes? They can at least chill and some and I don't think they're gonna make it out alive because it's just the odds are really against them. But um just the fact that those are the two main characters left standing, you know, there's always some of these movies, sometimes there's always like a duo, you know. And uh, I thought they were they were kind of the duo, but the fact that she did that to her is, yeah, I mean, I, I think if I was in the same position, I mean, I think, I guess, part of me would be like, she's still a human being, let's not be crazy, you know, but like, you know, you're a little upset. <laughs> it, it, I would be, you're, I'm a little, you're a little upset and you just went through a traumatic moment that manages to match the craziest moment of your life. So, yeah, I don't know. And to be real, Juno's character was definitely gray, you know, a, a little, you know, a little shady throughout. So, well, again, yeah. like, so we sort of teased it in the first half about uh, another map mistake and Juno is mm. the one. So what, what, what we should say, what we should preface for anyone who hasn't seen the descent is that all of these women seem, they're all like adrenaline junkies. They're all, um explorers yeah. they all enjoy these sort of like what that we open up in their white water rafting they all talk about base yeah. jumping and cave exploration so like they all mm. know what they're doing they're they're, they're more yeah they're more incapable this is not just a yeah a hobby for these women like this is what they love to do and so juno has set up this trip to go into a cave but all the women know that the cave that juno is talking about is this like touristy cave it's it's quite easy and so she has yeah. a secret that she's actually not going to take them to the cave that she keeps telling them about she's going to take them to a different cave that nobody has explored yet and that's why when mm. things start going wrong they can't just climb out because they don't know where they are they have no understanding and so but we do see juno at one point with a map in her hand and she leaves it in the car because I, at that stage she oh. knows she's not going to where the map is showing so like why bring the map anyways yeah but yeah in the back of my yeah. head i'm sort of like why why would you why would you do that why would you that? and maybe it's because why yeah, would you leave like i just watched the blair witch and yeah. the whole map thing and you're sort of like no nah, no nah, take the map always take the map always take the map you never know when it actually might help you i mean maps can sometimes lead you into wrong directions but at least you have it you know, at least you can be like, oh, we can go back. We can go back to where the trail was. Like, yeah, no, that I know that's a huge fishy moment in the movie where you're like, hmm, 
um yeah no really interesting i i like that the characters aren't perfect and they're you know they're they they just they do feel like just these people who love doing this like the passion is clearly there because like who else, like no one no normal person is like let's go to a cave that hasn't been explored yet under none of i i don't care like who you are um and these and these poor ladies they they, they think they're going to a tourist spot right is that i mean yeah at first yeah, at first because a few of them are first. actually they're sort of like not excited about this trip because yeah. they know that the cave that Juno keeps talking about is a really easy cave. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're sort of saying like, what's the point? Like, why are we going to this thing? Yeah. And it's, it's going to be boring. Um, yeah. And yeah. Well, <laughs> until it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> until I, it isn't. <laughs> I li- it's classic movie thing. I love it. Um, yeah, no, that's, I think that's, that's a really cool, um, uh, that's just good writing, um, I would say. I think the one of the things you, you talked about how the women are capable and they love doing this and you know this is this is their thing. The thing that jumped out to me watching it was that um, they're like the the map thing aside, all six of the women are like highly intelligent. Yeah. And so you know they they face they come up against obst- obstacles you know real and supernatural uh and they take a minute they say okay what are like the facts in front of Mm -hmm. us and then they formulate a plan yeah and so we get the scene near the end of the movie where they finally kill one of these crawlers that's been attacking them yeah and then they they sit down instead of just running off they sit down and they say to them like okay let's what is this thing yeah like let's try to figure it out and they they like yeah they, let's figure it out like what do we have to do to survive these things like what are their weaknesses what are their strengths yeah. let's try and figure this thing out and i'm just like i've literally never seen that in a horror movie yeah. literally never seen intelligent characters yeah be like okay how do i survive mm-hmm. how can i you know turn the tables or anything on on the creature and i, I was just like god damn it like the descent who, who knew who knew it's so true i mean like any i feel like any other horror movie would just be like we're trying to escape which they are trying yeah. to escape but they know that it's not going to be a clean escape and they're like we got to strategize otherwise we're, we're screwed and i do like that angle too that they start planning and trying to figure out okay what's the best way to a- approach it but you know when you get to the part when it's like 50 of these guys like there's a at that point i'm like okay you know i'm just going out i'm going out screaming i'm going out top of my lungs blood curdling you know what i had a good run i had a good run at this point but oh man yeah that's some creepy stuff (laughs) the uh the the only the only last thing that i've I've got for you on the descent is the ending itself so we get a bit of a fake out and then we get a lot of ambiguity and so for i want to just know like what did you think of the fake out and then did the actual ending work for you at all so i'm actually kind of curious about this i didn't have time to check because apparently they changed the ending for the american one so i guess i watched the american ending um i guess that is the ending where she makes it out she drives the car and she pulls over and is just weeping at just can't believe what you just went through and then it cuts to ghost juno that that's what i got and 
and you know part of me was like ah they did they did the horror movie thing where the ghost is back or something like that um but it could also just represent her scarred by that you know scarred by what juno did to put themselves in that position and like so she's always going to think of juno from that cave thing so i don't know i was i was a little confused but yeah oh wait so you're the version that you saw literally ends with her seeing ghost juno yeah yeah oh okay so you're gonna have to go and try and find the other ending because the the other ending is that happens all that happens and after ghost juno she wakes up in the cave and so her whole escape was a sort of like concussion dream that she has when she falls down yeah, in the tunnel. Yeah. And so she wakes back up in the cave. No way. And she sees her daughter and she just like, it just ends with her sitting beside her daughter and it just like slowly pulls back and then goes to black. Oh. And so you're like, oh, did she, she just didn't get out. Like, or maybe she did, but she, we don't see her get out. Oh, of the cave. well, that is way more haunting. <laughs> yeah. I wish that was the ending. What I I knew that the other I knew because the original endings of any movie is always the most pure. And I I wanted to do I wanted to like watch the original ending on YouTube. I just didn't get around to. It. I didn't think it would be that different, but I guess it is. Jesus. Is, oh yeah. I, I love yeah. that ending. That's because I, I just her getting out of there is crazy. Like like the like the odds of her getting out of there is I feel like pretty low. And um I don't know. It, that is a really interesting ending. I, I mean, I was still buying it. I still bought like her managing to make it out and her just drenched in blood and all. I was like, okay, that that could happen. I think what took me out was Ghost Juno. But yeah, I mean, that's really. I mean, the it was all a dream thing that you kind of see. I mean, Nolan did that with Inception very well. You know, made a whole movie out of that. Um, yeah, like it's 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 a i think that's really interesting i need need to see that i need to see that ending (laughs) i'm 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 not surprised that you ended up getting a different version because i think from the the little research they they did have a hard time figuring out how to actually wrap this up i'm not sure if they had an ending ready to go or they filmed it and then they didn't like it or whatever but the 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 other like the other thing that we should say, or I should say about the ending is that there is a sequel uh, where they do definitively answer the question of if she gets out or not. And it's sort of like, I, I don't care. Yeah. Like, the, the ending of this movie was so good that I don't care about the actual answer. If she did or didn't get out, I'd rather just leave it as it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't recommend going and checking out the sequel. <laughs> I've, I've heard it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, it is, it is one of those things. I think they they probably shot four or five endings, and you know, depending on where you are or when you see the movie, you know, there could be a director's cut with X, Y, and Z extra, and things yeah. like that. And sort of like, it it does feel like one of those movies where you're sort of like, well, I'm just going to see the version I get to see, and that's kind of that. Can I make a point about sequels real quick? Go for it. I, I think. I think I'm pretty anti-sequel at this point in my life because like, even as a kid, I never watched Karate Kid 2. I never watched like, like Blair, I'm never going to watch Blair Witch 2. I'm just never, I'm never going to have a desire to just see that because I know it's not going to live up 
to what I just saw. And I don't know, like Descent 2 just sounds crazy to me. Like, can, can you even do that again? Like, it's the, the whole point of the movie is that they're going into Descent. I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I, I feel like I reached a point where like a sequel really has to be like a continuation of the story you know, like Lord of the Rings or even like Nolan's Dark Knight, he went a completely different direction with it. Like it, the sequel has to present something new or else I'm like, I think I'm going to skip it. <laughs> like I saw Karate Kid 2 recently. I'm like, this is cool. But yeah, it wasn't the first one. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I, I can say that like one of the episodes that I will do for this miniseries is all about the Scream franchise. And so oh, I'm slowly yeah. rewatching all of those movies yeah. and in in the second movie they actually sit down and have a conversation yeah, about i love that scene sequels yeah sequels are by definition worse yeah. because they are sequels and i'm sorry every time i watch the scene i'm sort of like yeah i kind of agree i like, kind of i mean there kind of agree there is exceptions i mean but always, always empire strikes back godfather 2 i would argue terminator 2 that there, there, there is a terminator 1 fan base there but yeah i i think there are sequels that are better that are just, they were better. Like they had a bigger budget and they figured it out. And like the stories bet like all that, but um, yeah, no, I love that scene. Scream two is great. I like scream two. Um, scream, scream two went yeah. up in my estimation this time. Around, yeah. But I've only seen, it, it, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say like, it is a funny scene because yeah. you're just like, I'm watching a sequel and you were saying sequels are worse. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm sort of like, yeah, I can see that they are worse. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's so funny. I, I think I've only seen the first three screens. I enjoyed them all, but they do get progressively worse. I mean, I still enjoyed three, but like, it is like, oh, like they're kind of, they're just, they're running in circles at this point. But yeah. I, so I, on screen specifically, I would, keep going because yeah i heard think, it gets better i think four and five four and five are on an uptick wow we're, we're, we're getting better we're getting better okay. again so yeah, yeah. I, I would keep going i would keep going i heard five is great so i will check those two out yeah <laughs> well yeah so we don't need to talk about descent to we won't talk about uh blair witch 2 <laughs> yeah or or the awful like i think it was like a prequel sequel i can't really oh remember yeah like the that came out like a two or three years ago like something of Blair Witch yeah it was bad yeah it yeah, was yeah, bad yeah. yeah we don't need to talk about those we'll just take these two movies as they are yeah <laughs> and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there yeah, yeah so, of course is there is there any last thing that you you want to get off your chest about the descent uh it sounds like you're like a little lukewarm on it overall maybe the first half was better than the second half for you but yeah what, what would you say to anyone who who should check out the descent if you like horror, absolutely check it out. If you haven't seen it yet, because I, I think for horror fans, it's I'm th I think it's certainly refreshing to see this type of film executed in this way. Um, I yeah, I I didn't love it, um, but it wasn't like I wasn't completely into it. I think there, it has its merits, and I don't know. I, I think you know what I, I knowing this ori this original ending thing and just having a deeper understanding of the story and the characters and all that, you know, go, having this discussion, I think maybe revisiting this in a couple of years might just do the trick. But um, for now, I think it's, it's not bad. It's, it's a decent film. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for coming on and, and being the first guest in, in the October miniseries. And I know horror movies aren't necessarily your thing. So yeah. You know, 
thank, thanks for sitting down and watching a couple of them. <laughs> but of course, uh, for anyone else, thank you for listening. And uh, I will be back next week with another guest, another movie, and another recommendation. Uh, hopefully, the Scream series next week. But if not, it would be more horror movies. So we'll we'll see hopefully my my listening numbers don't absolutely tank because we're, we're going we're going niche but we'll soon find out yeah so thanks for everyone listening and uh i will be back next week <laughs>